You probably think nothing of jumping on your bike and going for a ride, but it's not like that for everybody. Coming up on this episode, we talk about what it's like for women to ride motorcycles, if they do, in Pakistan. We're also going to speak with J.J. Lewis from the Good Adventure Company. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. This is Nick Sanders. I'm Jason Spafford. And I'm Lisa Morris. My name is Austin Vince. This is Rob Beach. I'm Rachel. This is Ed March. This is Glenn Hickstead. This is Dr. Gregory W. Fraser. This is Dave Barr. This is Alan Carl. This is Tiffany Coat. Hello, here is Herbert Schwartz. I'm Brett Tax. This is Zoe Cano. This is Nathan Millward. My name is Graham Hoskins. This is Joe Rust. Hi, this is Jeremy Craker. I'm Simon Thomas. And I'm Lisa Thomas. It's Simon Pavey here. Hi, this is Grant Johnson. This is Robert Wicks. This is Elisa Workler. <laughs> this is Ted Simon. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles. Max BMW with 45,000 parts and accessories are available online, ready to ship to your door at any time. you got to drop by Max BMW website because they have an extensive listing of parts and accessories on there. And it's just fantastic to go through and see what you can actually get for your BMW motorcycle. Visit them at www.maxbmw.com. And don't forget to sign up for their e-rider newsletter, which is a fantastic weekly newsletter. You've got to check this thing out www.maxbmw.com And another show partner we have is Best Rest Products. We're proud to be associated with Best Rest. They've got some fantastic products like the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, the Tire Iron Bead Breaker, the Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle products. And remember, whether you're on or off the road, it doesn't matter. You're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. And the Cycle Pump by Best Rest runs right off your bike's electrical system. It can fill a flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a five-year warranty. Check it out, www.cyclepump.com www.cyclepump.com The Good Adventure Company is a uh, company that's set up to donate its profits to nonprofit organizations, that specifically those that help families and children. So um, they sell adventure motorcycle gear and they take the profits from this and donate it to these great causes. So it's it's really a wonderful setup. And today we're going to speak with J.J. Lewis from The Good Adventure Company so you can hear a little bit more about maybe why you should consider grabbing your bags from them, your your soft luggage bags, because they do consider themselves soft luggage experts. They only sell what they ride with themselves, what they really like themselves. And well, let's hear it from JJ. I'm speaking with JJ Lewis of the Good Adventure Company. JJ, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. Well, we've been talking about the Good Adventure Company for a while here on Adventure Rider Radio, and a lot of people have dropped by your website to check it out. For those who haven't and those that don't know about it, let's talk about the Good Adventure Company. What's it all about? Well, I've been working with Lost for a reason for a long time, since basically its inception in 2012. And I and I we've always asked for, for donations and sponsor support. And I wanted to create an engine, basically, that would fund... Uh, lost for a reason and fund other similar organizations, uh, not by always asking for money, but by you know selling the gear, the best adventure gear that you can buy and using uh, the profits to fold back uh, to help kids and families. I imagine that's the problem that many people deal with, probably everyone that does any fundraising at all. They have very little to give back for it other than the feeling that you get, which is a, a fantastic feeling, but that feeling you get when you give money for something. This model that you've set up is a win-win. You can't go wrong because you get the satisfaction of giving, yet you're really getting your money's worth anyway with backed up by customer support. So it, it's a really good setup. I think it's an excellent plan you've got here. But I, I probably should have started by saying, tell us about Lost for a Reason. Well, um, Lost for Reason is a great nonprofit organization, and you'll see a lot of folks with those stickers on their bikes. And uh, it was started by Ron Grace, and he and I got together in 2012 uh, just by a phone call. And you know, being a social worker on the uh, Navajo Nation, he asked me if I knew of any organizations that could use some assistance. And I sort of laughed, and I said, "Are you serious?" And uh, it just basically snowballed from there. Uh, so Ron and I have worked real close trying to find projects on the reservation and um, coordinating volunteers. And uh, we've done some great things. Uh, most recently, we we uh, completed a project at one of the um, only domestic violence shelters on the reservation. And it was about a $50,000 project. 
um, that involved getting, you know, plumbing, drywall, ripping out a whole uh, whole room and basically a facility area that we were able to do with all volunteers, uh, all donated materials. Um, and we just finished it last last spring. So it involved about uh, six or seven full weekends of work. And we had so many volunteers come help us. Um, but we really, really made a huge difference for that organization. JJ, that's exactly why I wanted to get you on here and talk about this, because we say that, you know, the Good Adventure Company wants to make the world a better place to live and ride, but this is how you're doing it, by doing these projects and by supporting organizations like Lost for a Reason. Exactly, exactly. So our dream is to is to uh, sell the best gear and use those profits responsibly and be able to actually show exactly what we're doing on our website. Um, and eventually it will be so that, you know, let's say you buy a giant loot bag from us, you'll be able to choose maybe between one, two or three projects that we're doing to choose where the proceeds go uh, when you buy that item, which I think is pretty cool. We do the same thing that Revzilla does in terms of free shipping over $99. And we also uh, have a 10% dividend. So if you buy gear from us, you'll be able to use that dividend to buy uh, more gear at the end of the year, which is a win, win, win for everybody. And another real added bonus for your customers is that you're only selling gear that you ride with, that you've actually tried, that you'll use every day um, because you're a rider yourself. Tell us about your riding. Well, I love motorcycles. I've always loved motorcycles. I've ridden since I was a, a little kid and really have gone hardcore into adventure riding probably within the past 10 years or so. And uh, living in southwestern Colorado, I've got the best riding in the world. I have the San Juans out my door and uh, love riding the mountain passes, love taking the bike where you're like, did I really take this big GS adventure down this pass? I love the challenge of riding a big bike off-road. Well, we're real happy to have you on Adventure Rider Radio, so thank you. No, I appreciate your support and I love this podcast. You have uh, wonderful guests and it's great to hear from people that you, you sort of read about and that you sort of know in person and you hear um, everybody's got a unique story, and uh, this is just a, a wonderful community be, to be a part of. Thanks for speaking with me today, JJ. Great. Thanks for having me, Jim. I've been speaking with JJ Lewis from The Good Adventure Company. You can find out more about The Good Adventure Company by visiting their website, www.good-adv.com. That's www.good-adv.com. And as you just heard from this, and you've heard other times on this show, that when you buy something there, the proceeds are going to a nonprofit organization like Lost for a Reason. So it's really a, a fantastic thing to do. Go there, find the product you want, buy it with the confidence that you're buying something that these people that JJ uh, and Ron believe in, they're riders themselves, they're riding all the time, they know it works, and then you've got them steady behind the product as well. Meanwhile, the profits are going to a nonprofit organization like Lost for a Reason. You really can't go wrong. www.good-adv.com. Most of us take motorcycling for granted. We use our bikes for transportation to go to work or the store. We ride on weekends and holidays, any chance we get because, well, we just plain love it. We ride with friends or solo, whatever we feel like doing. We don't have to worry about whether we're male or female or whether we're the rider or the pillion or, or how you're sitting as a pillion for that matter. We just ride when we want to ride. And of course, it's not like that everywhere in the world. But things are changing, in some places at least, like Pakistan, for instance. In Pakistan, women's mobility in public is a major social issue. There's socially sanctioned rules which indicate how a woman may sit as a passenger on a motorcycle. It tells you that a woman must sit with both her legs on one side of the motorcycle. And it's socially unacceptable to ride with a leg on either side. And in Pakistan, women seen riding motorcycles are an anomaly. And at times, they're practically shunned for trying to cross any of these social and cultural boundaries. But a 20-year-old female student in Pakistan named Zenith Irfan is changing that, or at least trying to. She's become a bit of a heroine to women who want to have that independence and choice to ride a motorcycle or do other things that women do in, in many parts of the world. She's raising awareness of this issue through her long-distance riding, at least by Pakistani standards. And she's become the first Pakistani woman 
to travel 3,000 kilometers solo on her motorcycle, exploring areas of Pakistan that have never seen a woman riding solo, let alone the fact that she's riding one like the rest of the world does with one leg on either side of the bike. And you can see this social change starting to happen in Pakistan. If you look at the online articles recently written about Zenith Irfan and her motorcycle adventures and what she's doing, things that women haven't traditionally done there. On a site called Pakistan Defense, which featured an article of Zenith and her, and her motorcycle and a recent trip that she did, it received pages of comments, pages of them, some supporting, some criticizing, but the majority seemed to be supporting her. Uh, for instance, there's one here with the online ID of McNurry, and they wrote, quote, she is a brave girl indeed, breaking another stupid social norm which stops women from riding a bike, instead forces them to sit in an unsafe position while riding as a passenger. The only riding on a bike women do is as a passenger with both legs hanging on one side. That would be a circus act in other countries, but in the subcontinent, it protects women chastity, unquote. Apparently, the law of the land doesn't say that women can't ride motorcycles in Pakistan. It's just a social rule. It's something that everyone's grown up understanding is that's the way things are there. Recently, though, more and more women are saying, they want to ride, and they're getting their licenses, and they're riding solo. Yet in another comment, for instance, online here, uh, if you look at the blog called Pack Wheels, this one was entered by someone who ID'd themselves simply as guest, quote, where did she get her driving license? Given our cultural status quo, probably she faced some hurdles and insensitive remarks, as well as some well-intended advice on why girls shouldn't get a license for two-wheeler, unquote. Zena says there is a social taboo for women riders in Pakistan, but one of her goals is to stop that gender stereotyping and encourage Pakistani women to follow their dreams, whether it be riding a motorcycle or doing other things that women do around the world. Inspired by her father's unrealized dream to travel the world by motorcycle, he died at a, an early age, and encouraged by her very liberal mother, Zenith traveled the treacherous terrain of the pack-occupied Kashmir belt in northern Pakistan on a solo motorcycle adventure for one week. Now that may not sound like much by European or North American standards, but you have to put it into context. Imagine a woman breaking these, these social norms, these social accepted values, and riding her motorcycle solo for one week in Pakistan. Zenith has become an icon for women riders around the world, crossing barriers and breaking out and making the choice to ride no matter what. And today we have Zenith Irfan on Adventure Rider Radio. Um, my name is Zenith Irfan and I'm a 20-year-old Capricorn studying in Lahore School of Economics in Lahore, Pakistan, doing my majors in marketing and finance. And I'm a motorcycle fanatic. I love riding on the streets, on the mountains, and exploring the unexplored places of Pakistan. Welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you for having me, Jim. It's a pleasure. Tell us about learning how to ride and your, your reasons for doing so. Um, it's, um, it starts back when I was 12 years old. It actually traces back a really long time. Um, the idea was uh, when I was going through some photographs, my mother was going through some family photographs, and um, she saw this photograph of my father and she said that um, your father basically wanted to go on a world motorcycle tour. And because he died at a very young age, he couldn't pursue his passions. So um, she gave me this really crazy idea of um, learning how to ride a motorbike which is very, very strange for people in Pakistan to hear this because um, not many uh, mothers encourage women, uh, women or girls to ride bikes because it's uh, considered something very dangerous. But when it came to my mother, she was like, um, you and your brother should pursue this um, dream of your father's and go and explore Pakistan and see what, it, what the road has for you. And um, then it started when I was 12, when I started riding motorbikes. My brother at first uh, trained me the basics of how to change the gears and what you should do and what you should not do. And then I started riding slowly within six months on the streets. And those six months became uh, years. And then when I was 16, I was, a, I was almost a professional motorbike rider um, in the whole. And this um, crazy dream of my father's was fulfilled when I went to Kashmir and I decided that um, 
so what if my father died i can relive his soul through riding this um vehicle which i have with me and going around with it all across pakistan Zenith, let's talk about the the cultural aspect of this to begin with. You're saying that it's considered to be a dangerous thing to do to ride a motorcycle, and I mean, I think most people will agree that there's a certain amount of danger when you're on two wheels, not protected by a car. But but in your culture, there's there's a there's more than that, isn't there? More problems with a woman riding a motorcycle? Um, yes, there is. But um, even even uh, you might not know this, but there is also this. Um, kind of a perception that even if a woman is not uh, riding as a saddle pillion rider, if she's saddled to one side, uh, it's a much better way for a woman to sit behind um, a motorcycle. They don't like the fact that a woman is sitting behind with her both her legs open on the, on the back of the motorcycle. So even that uh, position is considered very, very strange for, for people in Pakistan. Let alone the fact that I started riding was very strange for people. It was a concept which was very alien to them. And um, they, uh, but I wouldn't say that uh, people discourage this. They do encourage the fact that women are going out there and they're actually living the lives which they want to. But there are some culture, cultural constraints to this. Um, there are some pockets of society that uh, do not consider this to be re- religiously um, uh, fine and they don't consider it to be uh, a good thing that you're going out on a motorcycle. But, it, uh, but the fact is that um, that uh, same pockets of society have now changed through the power of social media. Their perceptions and their thinking have changed through the way, through awareness, through the fact that people, uh, girls like me and there are so many girls in Lahore which are riding motorcycles and the number is increasing every day have now come out and told them in a very subtle way that no we are women and that we can do something which we can pursue this male dominated hobby because uh, riding motorcycles is a male dominated hobby and um, there's a very marg- uh, the peop- the women riders in Pakistan are li- uh, live in a very marginalized pocket of society. They are very marginalized and we don't have much um, hangouts over here like we do in other parts of the world. And um, there can be a threat to us security-wise if we don't consider our, our safety positions. But still, um, everything has changed now. Um, Lahore, where I live in, people have, have accepted this, that the woman, uh, the, the woman gender is a very brave one. And they have accepted this fact that, uh, in fact, they have accepted and are happy of it that Pakistani women specifically are uh, brave enough to go on such long pursuits and they are very happy from it. And they feel proud that we are representing our country. Um, So, yes, there are cultural constraints, but they are not that many to bound a girl to keep to herself and not pursue this. I mean, girls are doing this. Girls are going out. But there are very few of them who go on long journeys, and I hope that they do in the future. When you mentioned about the pockets of society that, um, you know, that sort of, I guess, are still holding out to the old ways, are they geographically isolated? Do you find that you ride outside of the city and there's a different attitude than there was in the city? Um, there is a very different attitude. I mean, yes, I would agree that they are, um, there is this place called Khyber uh, Pakhtunkha, and... Um, this is where all those, you know, um, the Patans live. And the Patans and the Afghan uh, refugees uh, reside. And these are the very, very tribes, people who have been associated with the Taliban and um, the militant groups. But it's not necessarily that they themselves have been associated, only the fact that their um, lineage and the, their culture has been associated with it. So when you ride past through them, there has there is this hostile reaction from their side that um, they are very uh, it's strange to them because the women in their side they are they are field workers they are just um, on the grass fields picking up grass all day picking up uh, the plants all day and they do farm work so for them uh, the concept that a woman is liberal enough and that she has this freedom to go around like this on a motorcycle is very very new. And I don't blame them because they have been living in such um, 
geographically isolated areas. They don't know what the city life is. And all of a sudden, a woman is riding a motorcycle in their colony. It's something very, very um, new for them. It's something very um, alien to them, like I mentioned earlier. But um, they don't uh, actually say something to you. They just watch and they're like, wow, we never knew that even women could do this. In fact, a woman riding a car for them is really strange. And the people who are in the city, um, they are more accepting. Yes, they are more uh, encouraging as compared to the people who live in such areas uh, near the farms and uh, near the, con- the countryside, I would say the countryside. But um, they, are, they are welcoming. They, are, they, are, they, in, like, they welcome you in their homes. They do ask you a lot of questions and how I did it. And... Um, they ask us the stories about the city life and do women ride motorcycles over there. And it is very, very, um, it feels very nice to actually explain to them that there is this, there are these type of women too who are um, flying planes and who are riding trucks, like motorcycles and driving trucks. So for them, it's very interesting. For them, it's like a whole new world. Well, uh, that's what I'm interested in is the reaction that you're getting. I mean, what sort of um, opposition are you up against when you run into people who are not impressed with what you're doing? Or I shouldn't say not impressed, maybe even um, taken aback by what you're doing. They look at it and they think, oh my gosh, there's a, a woman on a motorcycle. What sort of, what is the range of responses? Everyone just like you described there where they're saying, well, that's very interesting. I didn't realize you could do it. Or do you have more hostile responses as well? Oh, no, it, um, I'm very lucky that I did not receive any hostile response, though I, I have heard in the past that even the male riders have been um, receiving a lot of hostile response because basically they don't like uh, some of the areas which I said, Khyber Pakhtunkha, they don't like uh, other people to come inside their colony. Like they feel that it's a beach to their privacy, which is why um, they do sometimes respond in a very hostile way. Like, for example, um, a friend of mine went through this area called Chilas. It is um, in between North. It's a small little area. And uh, there were people over there who were throwing stones at him. And he was just a male rider, which was something very surprising. But when I passed through this uh, area, specific area, this time, I did not receive any, like, um, people did not throw stones or anything like that. And I thought that it was just a rumor, like they don't do that anymore. And um, I guess it's because of lack of education, because these people have really less access to educational facilities, which is why they don't know what English is. They don't know what the proper way of living is. For them, this is what they have. They have their herd, their their cattle and their farm work. For them, this is their life. And... um, there are some uh, places, for example, Gilgit Baltistan. It is uh, a place which is very famous for its scenic beauty. And a lot of people from uh, Australia and America come over here to on motorcycle tours. And this specific area is known for its people because the education rate is 100%, which is amazing. Because uh, every single person over there a child ranging from age three to um, an old man who's age 65 is educated. And um, these certain group of people have um, this concept that a woman should be liberated, which was something very surprising for me because I never knew that this there is a specific uh, um, society in Pakistan that had 100% literacy rate that allowed women to drive uh, cars and they did not find it surprising that I was running a motorcycle. It was something which was something very new for me. In fact, I heard that even their girls have uh, started to ride motorcycles and little scooters. So um, this specific area called Gilgit Baltistan, um, they are very friendly, very welcoming. And um, the reaction is, um, obviously they are surprised in the end of the day, but their reaction is, to, that they're proud of me, that they're proud of the fact that a Pakistani girl is doing this. For them, this is something, uh, this is a privilege for the country. It, they consider such girls as an asset to the country, which is something very new for me. Like, I never knew that this specific people uh, have such a broad frame of mind, and they were not 
adhering to all those orthodox traditional values and they were very modern and they had this conventional way of life which was great i mean i was really impressed from their the way they liberated their women the way they allowed their women to go out on jobs and to uh, go abroad and study i was happy to know that there's this specific society resides in pakistan the impetus for your adventures on your motorcycle is really your mother, um, and who is, as you said, told you about um, your dad's dream of riding the world. Why is your mom such an adventurer? Why would she do something that, as you had said, is so unusual to encourage her daughter to ride a motorcycle? Um, I guess because she she wanted to ride one uh, ride a motorcycle too when she was young, and she never got the opportunity to it. Like. Um, which is why she says that um, it's both my father's and my mother's dream. Um, she is, my mother is actually a very liberal person. She does not believe that a child should be restricted to only family values or traditional values. She believes that a child should be led alone to, to discover um, oneself and to explore the world. And she has, like, I was brought up in a very, very um, liberal home. I was I wasn't uh, asked to worship God. I was asked to find God in whatever way I can find God. I wasn't asked to sleep sleep early because uh, my mother told me, like um, she actually explained to me the benefits of sleeping early. For example, when I was young, like you're supposed to sleep early because of school tomorrow. But she wasn't that type of parent who was strict on her stance. She was like. If you sleep early, this is the benefit. The rest is up to you. It's your decision. It's your life. It's how you're going to design it. And it is this very basic concept of all that the way she brought me up that caused uh, a really broader perspective about life in general. Like I was exposed to um, life, the, the side effects of um relationships, how, what human values are, what ethics are, all of this at a very young and early age, which is why she um, has allowed me to go and uh, on a motorcycle wherever I want to. And I guess the most important thing that actually allows me to do this is the fact that she trusts on me. The trust factor that she knows that she has brought up a, a daughter who knows what is wrong and who knows what is right. That's what she told me. The rest is up to me that how I am going to decide what I have to do for myself. And this very trust factor has uh, made me a stronger person now, a person who can fight back to the world if there is a a catastrophe or if there is something going wrong in my life. And uh, another reason is obviously because she wanted also to ride one. But she feels that she's, um, it's too late now. But I still encourage her that even now she can uh, ride a motorcycle over here. Do you think you'll get her on a bike? Yes, I can, but she, uh, she's a bit, you know, like healthy and um, that's why she needs, uh, she's, she's, uh, needs to be a more fit. Like that's, this is what she says. And uh, I would love to go on a tour with her. I mean, it's going to be really amazing. I really encourage her to go on one. Let's talk about motorcycle culture for a minute in Pakistan. Is the motorcycle really looked at as a mode of transportation or is it starting to be recognized as a form of recreation, something you can use for recreation? And are there clubs and, and organizations that people belong to? What is it like? Give us an idea. Um, I, it is a very common mode of transportation over here. I mean, you'll see millions and millions of motorcycles when you're on the street. And you'll be like, I never knew there are so many motorcycles over here in Pakistan, even in India, especially all, uh, actually all of South, South Asia is known for the fact that motorcycles are the basic top um, uh, mode of transportation. And uh, earlier, people never thought about the fact that motorcycles could be used to go on long distance journeys and it could be used for road trips, that it, this idea never occurred to them. In Pakistan, I'm talking about in Pakistan in general. Um, and in recent years, there have been associations and there have been groups. For example, uh, I would quote one. And there's this club called the Motorcycle Association of Pakistan. And uh, this specific group uh, is known for promoting motorcycle itself 
uh, as a mode of recreation, as you mentioned. And um, this, it, uh, this association, association is also responsible for planting the idea on people's mind that yes, you can take a two-wheeler to the mountains and you can enjoy uh, because the concept was never born in anyone's um, mind. People never thought of it. They just used to go on cars and they just used to go on buses. And uh, there are certain groups that have promoted uh, the fact that, uh, hey, you know what, you can go on a motorcycle. You don't need a car. You don't need, uh, you know, you don't need a ticket with a bus or something like that. And you can just tie your luggage behind your motorcycle and just go. And uh, surprisingly, a lot of people have taken this really positively and um, they have started going to so many places it's, and some of them have even been to world motorcycle tours which is amazing from Pakistan and um, and because of social media like I've already mentioned because of the fact that Facebook and the social media has played a very important role uh, in promoting this people have uh, cons- people are uh, considering this now that they can buy a very reasonable a motorcycle for a very reasonable price, and uh, even they can go on they can go on tours, and um, they can have a great time. What does it look like then when somebody's going off and doing something recreationally on their motorcycle, Zenith? Are are they packed up with bags like you see? You know, you mentioned about the tours, the motorcycle tours that are going through. Um, are they packed up like those, or is it more just uh, you know a couple of uh, regular suitcases or bags thrown on the motorcycle? Oh uh, no, there's no suitcase. They're just sack bags, and um, they're just like normal uh, one of those hiking bags. You know, those hiking bags. And uh, they are like it depends on the person. Like for example, a person can take two bags if uh, you're going for a longer uh, motorcycle trip, or a person can take one bag. Are we specifically talking about foreigners, or are I talking about uh, the people of Pakistan when they go on recreational activities such as these? Yeah, we're talking about people of Pakistan. I mean, the foreigners, I'm sure, are going to look much like uh, everywhere else that they ride their motorcycle. But I'm just talking about the people of Pakistan. Uh, it's the same, like. Um, a one bag, two bag, but they are just sack bags or they are hiking bags. And um, you do have like a little, little bit of gear with you. For example, you can carry uh, extra safety pads for your knee or an armor jacket for your spine protection and arm and elbow protection. Uh, there's this really um, cool jacket which is available over here in Pakistan. And uh, in fact, that brings me about to the fact that there have been a lot of uh, shops also over here now that are offering such great bags and gear for uh, motorcycle tours, which is something very new for Pakistan because having a, a facility to actually buy stuff from is great in, uh, for further tours for people who want to actually uh, adopt this, um, adopt going on motorcycle tours. You're saying it's rare? Is that what you said? Yes, it's rare. Like, it's very rare. You can, like, for example, you, you cannot find a GoPro shop over here for the camera. I mean, I have been struggling a lot <laughs> to get some accessories online. So you cannot find this um, over here. So having uh, a shop that offers um, LS2 helmets or Studs Helmet, which is an Indian company, is something very rare. In fact, it makes me really happy that I have a shop over here because uh, otherwise I have to go online and buy, which is a big struggle because... Um, some of them don't even ship to Pakistan and, and they find it really difficult to ship it over here. So um, these shops have been started opening, which is a signal that um, in the future, they, there's going to be a lot of people who will start going on uh, motorcycle tours now. You know, like uh, if there are 100 people now, they're going to be 1,000 tomorrow because of such shops and because of the awareness they're having that um, you can go on a motorcycle. So, yeah. Are there motorcycle events going on in Pakistan? Um, no, no. For women, they they don't have any motorcycle gathering, but yes, they do have it for men. Like, um, for example, the uh, club I mentioned, a Motorcycle Association of Pakistan. Uh, it's also short for MAP. Um, they do have this annual gathering uh, every year um, in a hill station known as Mari, and uh, they're like around. 500 to 600 motorcyclists who come over there. And this is one of the biggest annual gatherings of Pakistan. And um, 
there are also other gatherings but they are very small like for example um, there is another uh, club known as pakistan's bikers club which is known for its uh, annual gatherings also and they can be weekly gatherings and everyone comes out with their motorcycles and with their modified motorcycles and whatever type they have and they just have a good time but there there isn't one for women specifically and um, i was like told by many people that i should start this trend of women motorcycle hangouts like they are in other parts of the world and um, i have uh, started to consider consider this now and in the future if i have that many um, women riders who are coming up to me i will start um, this event also you're 20 years old you're in university and the time came where you felt it was your time to do some sort of overland trip you've become the first pakistani woman rider to have completed 3000 kilometers on a on a motorcycle and and reached the border of china for this big trip that you did the the one that kicked things all off for you tell us about getting that started and and getting out and doing it um Uh, recently i went to kunjra pass and uh, this is a pass which is known for connecting pakistan with uh, china and it is around 1000 kilometers around about from where i live right now lahore it's that far and this trip was really special to me also because i haven't been to the places where um many people have already been to like um i haven't been to kunjra pass and i haven't been to um sust also there's another um, place over there and uh, i haven't been to naran kagan there's this valley and uh, in between north also known as naran kagan so i often heard people talking about you should you should go to naran kagan it's very beautiful over there or you should go to hunjra pass um the border the china border or you should go here and you should go there and i was and always thought to myself uh yes i will go but i'm holding it up because i want to go on a motorcycle i don't want to go on a jeep or a, a car so um in this trip was very special to me because i got to see a lot of things in that i never knew my country had for example i got to meet a lot of people in pakistan um got to hear their stories and i got to see the scenic beauty of pakistan the landscape and uh i never knew pakistan was so beautiful i always saw it in pictures but i got to see it for myself from my eyes and i was on a motorcycle which made it even more special like it was a bonus point because you you get to experience everything in a 360 degree mode you're not confined to a small box a car for example and you, you can actually experience the weather changes over there and everything um and the trip i went with my brother and a couple of other of my friends and uh, it was very liberating i mean it was an amazing experience because i never knew that a person could be feel so liberated through nature itself a person could be so can experience so many emotions it can make you cry the it's so beautiful that it can literally make you literally make you cry and uh it it can actually make you have a very personal connection with nature like you never you that this is something in your own country and i actually i actually want other people they have been going through to naran kagan now like for example and they have been going to babusar top which is also another top very famous top to connect all these small little villages to the city and people have been going uh, to these areas but i would recommend people to go on a motorcycle because uh there's a lot of difference between going on a in a bus or a car or, or on a motorcycle so um my aim right now is that i want uh, especially girls to, to actually uh, go and ride on the mountains because this is an experience which is something we'll, you'll never forget when you're old and you look at your pictures and you're thinking about this it makes really emotional and it is something very very um it brings back a lot of memories when if you do this like it's going to imprint your footsteps and it's going to imprint your lifestyle to all these areas which is great so i actually I was um this actually specific trip was also very special because i never knew i could do so much riding like i never was expecting this from myself that i could complete 3000 kilometers on a motorcycle 
So um, this is also uh, another surprise for me that, uh, wow, I never knew I could write so much. What are the challenges for you on a trip like this? Uh, the challenges is uh, basically, um, actually, it's more of the road. Sometimes the road is not paved enough and there are a lot of landslides because of the constant rain. And um, there's not much of a challenge. Actually, I've always mentioned this, that when your passion mix, mixes up with the road, okay? Like, for example, if you're passionate enough to do something, nothing is a challenge. You can do it. And all the obstacles that come in front of you are just like, um, they are obstacles, but you can conquer them. Like, you don't have a specific challenge. But yeah, there is this problem that we have unpaved roads in many areas. There is no access to proper roads. Um, sometimes there are no facilities to even buy a, a bottle of water. So you have to be very, you have to be firm on yourself that either you do this or you don't. So you have to constantly remind yourself that um, you have decided to go on a road and now you have to um, actually blend yourself in whatever is coming in. For example, if there is rain, you have to ride in the rain. If you can't find water, you have to stay thirsty. So I have always like um, a lot of um, the girl, the female riders who are actually riding on the streets at the moment, who have not adopted long distance journeys, ask me, uh, how do you do this? Like, how do you just plainly go? And I always say it's something about passion. It's something about what drives you, what makes you feel happy. And it's something about uh, the fact that you find happiness in such things that every challenge for you is, is an experience. So um, there are not many challenges. But yes, I won't say um, it's easy. It, it is difficult, but it depends upon your frame of mind, your perception. If you're finding even the slightest thing to be a big obstacle, you can't do it. And um, if you're taking it in a very optimistic way, you know, in a positive way, then you can do it. So yeah, it's something upon you, upon your frame of mind. Zenith, I really like what you said there about when you mix your passion um, with getting on the road, there there are no real challenges. I, I think that's fantastic and, and very truthful. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is, um, it's actually not confined to only motorcycle journeys. It's about every aspect of life, even if you're working, even if you're um, doing something like that's making you happy, especially, I've always mentioned this. And uh, unless and until you're not passionate enough, everything is going to be plain boring. So you have to be passionate enough. You have to be crazy enough to do it. That's why I always mention this to my friends. I 100% agree. And that's why I like it, because I find a lot of motorcycle uh, life is is metaphors for life. You know, a lot of things we do with motorcycling and, and that we talk about with motorcycling. When you finished this trip, what was that like? Did you come back, sort of celebrate the trip, um, or was it um, it was just something you did and, and you just happened to be the, the first female rider to have done it? Um, you know, it's going to sound very uh, weird, but actually every, every place I went was a celebration for me. I did not... I'm not fond of partying and I'm not fond of, um, you know, those typical way people celebrate things. I'm fond of celebrating on the road. I'm fond, I'm fond of actually um, exploring myself being on the road. So for me, every um, checkpoint where I went was, was, was a celebration. For me, it was an accomplishment. And I did not, like, celebrate when I came over here. And I, I just felt accomplished. And I wasn't... Actually, I did not do this because I wanted to be the first Pakistani woman or I wanted, to, I wanted people to label me as the first Pakistani woman to do this. This was something very private. The journey was very private. It was, it was very uh, personal to me. It was something I felt like my father was there with me, you know, like it was something very emotional. I felt personally connected to him through this. Uh, and um, which is why I felt happy that I have done this for him. And I did not do this because I wanted people to, to say that, hey, you know, you're the first Pakistani. This is a bonus point. Like, this is something which comes along with it. Because I never knew I was the first Pakistani. They said that you were. And I was, I was like, more, I was happy in that, oh, wow, I never knew this. But for me, uh, all across the journey, it was my father and him. And uh, because of the fact that I never got to even see him, I was 10 months old when he passed away. So for me, this is like, 
you know like i'm actually trying to personally communicate with him through my motorcycle and through my journey and when i came back my mother was very very happy and she was proud of the fact that i could do this were there times when you wanted to give up you know when things got really difficult there were times when uh, when i was on the road when i was on my on my journey that i felt like giving up and this is something which i don't talk to people about but i wouldn't want to talk about it now because you sometimes do give up when you're um, towards a certain goal and because you're tired and you haven't had much sleep and you just want to give up and there were there were times when i felt lost like uh, even though i did have this uh, fact that i'm doing this for my father i still felt lost because this when you're doing a very long motorcycle journey and that also quickly like without any uh, preparation for example i haven't done one before and i haven't actually just um, went to kashmir and i came back but i did not go on such a long one like 3000 kilometers is a lot so which is why sometimes you, you do feel like giving up but then uh, like i always said that uh, because this drives you this defines you the fact that this is making you uh, happy um you it pushes you like you feel like going even more and feel like riding even more so my mother was a constant support for me during my journey like whenever i felt like uh, whenever i felt tired and i don't want to ride now i want to ride tomorrow she was like no you should like go and um to your checkpoint and rest over there and she was a constant support for me which is uh which i am thankful uh, to her for what bike were you riding on this trip uh the bike was a honda cg 125 cc it was a, it's a very average one and you found that bike to be fine uh no it was very uncomfortable because the comf- the most comfortable bike for touring in a very reasonable which you can get in a very reasonable price is um a suzuki gs150 because it has a great seat and you can actually lay back kind of lay back and you can you can just ride but this my specific motorcycle uh, had some vibration issues and there was the shock wasn't a proper shock uh, the shock you know the motorcycle one mm-hmm. wasn't a proper one and um, it used to vibrate a lot so i did find it very difficult at first to actually cope up with the vibration issue but then uh, i became used to it it's not a very comfortable one but it's very fast like it's very very fast well, what's your average speed on a trip uh it depends on the road on the place where you're riding at when you're on the highway you're at 105 you're at 100 even on 115 kilometers per hour and uh on average it's basically 80 if you are on a highway which has a traffic like for example which has trucks uh, who are carrying um luggage luggage for example who are transporting things if you have trucks like that you have to be on 80 km per hour and if you are on the mountains the average is 60 km per hour when you're riding on the on the highways or any of the roads for that matter um what is it like from a safety aspect for you on a motorcycle the only uh, okay now oh, i'm going to talk about the obstacles over here that some of the obstacles which you find on the highway are in pakistan are the trucks because um what happens is that when you're on the highway these truck drivers they have been riding constantly for 15 hours and they have been uh, going from place a to place b for a very long time and they've been driving constantly which is why uh, it causes them to sleep while driving which is very dangerous mm. and i have experienced that um there have been a couple of truck drivers who actually slept and i was behind them and then i had to horn them so that they can wake up and which is very dangerous in pakistan and it's dangerous all across the world i've been hearing this from many people also that they have experienced the same thing and uh sometimes the road isn't good the road which i went through was the grand uh, grand trunk road it is also no short for gt road and um there are some areas of the road some patches of the road which is unpaved and it's very dangerous if you're uh, riding uh, at 100 like 100 kilometers per hour and suddenly that small patch comes in and you can fall down and it has happened that i have lost my balance over there but um fortunately i did not fall so um there there is this uh, fact that you can fall down but i always say this that if you like if you think about it 
if you think that you're going to fall, you will fall no matter how good the road is. But if you're not thinking about it and you're just riding and you're considering all the safety aspects and you're uh, monitoring the road, um, that what's coming ahead of you, what's behind and you're checking your side mirrors, you're going to be perfect no matter wherever you ride. So if, for example, if you're riding on, on the mountains and you see that there is a lot of um, height down there and you're like, oh my God, there's so much height and we're on such height, you're going to fall down and you're going to slip. But if you don't think about it, you can keep on riding. So it's all about how you play with your mind, like how you tell yourself everything's everything is easy, you can do it and you don't need to be afraid of it. So you should not be afraid of anything. Either you are going to fall or you're not. So this is something which... Um, you should like drive carefully, like ride carefully, sorry. And um, then you can, um, or you always have to wear a helmet when you're always, even if you're riding on in the city. And as for safety uh, aspect that obviously I wear my safety guards and I'm wearing, having a safety gear, the rest is up to um, my destiny, like if I have to fall or not. It's something hmm. uh, unplanned. So yeah, you just have to consider the fact that you're riding uh, in a very cautious way and you're riding properly and you're just not riding in a very careless manner. In your mind, what, what's Pakistan like for a foreigner to come and ride? Would it be something you would recommend? I always recommend this because there is this, um, there is this uh, conception that this is this, uh, the fact that we have a lot of war, a, a war going on over here and people are very hostile and they are attacking others and they're just killing others. That's what the media has to say. But in reality, nothing of such sort is happening. Everything is uh, normal. We live normal lives. Like I go to my university on a motorcycle. And I mean, something for this is something for people in America to be very surprising because they think um, it, uh, Pakistan is going through security issues, but it's not. And I always recommend uh, foreigners to come over here and uh, experience the beauty of Pakistan. And we have been seeing a lot of foreigners over the past, since 2009, who have been coming over here. In fact, I, as I read an article that said that uh, it has increased to around 2%. The, income, the intake of foreigners over here have increased to 2% now. Like a lot of foreigners are visiting Pakistan and we have people coming over here from uh, Australia and from Europe who want to ride here and who, who do ride over here. And they have been coming over here and documenting um, the lifestyle over here. For example, you might know of uh, Mike Horn. He's a very famous um, explorer. He came over here for uh, to summit K2, which is the second highest mountain. And um, so we we do see a lot of foreigners coming here, and I do recommend um, all of the people to come to Pakistan and actually see for themselves that it's very beautiful and that you don't need to be scared of anything. What tips would you have for a foreigner coming to ride in Pakistan? Um, I, w I would just have a general, like, um, general tips for people because obviously it depends upon the person who's coming. Um, first of all, is that you have to have a very open frame of mind. Like you cannot come in a very uh, confined frame of mind that I'm going to Pakistan. You have to be you have to be very open about it. And if you're going to a specific place, you have to respect the traditional values. And you have to, for example, um, if a woman is coming over here from Canada or America. Uh, and she's going to a place which is uh, known for its uh, culture, heritage and everything over there. And if it's known for its re religious values, you have to blend in with them. You have to blend in with those values for a, for a small uh, period, period of time. And uh, because uh, it is something, I always say this, that it is something which everyone should do. Even if I come to a specific place uh, in Europe or a place where there is a lot of... Um, religious sentiments are very strong over there, I would actually blend in with them. And I would just not be um, like, no, I don't want to do this a specific tradition or I don't want to do this is against my religious traditions. I don't want to do it. I won't be in that frame of mind. I would be very open about it. And also that um, they don't need to be scared. A lot of people who come sometimes come over here are or want to come over here are scared because of the news that you hear the news that there's a bomb blast in Karachi or there's some, I don't know, a 
an attack in a, I don't know in a pocket of society. So they are very scared about it. That um, what if they're attacked? So I, I they have to actually come over here and see for themselves that everything is peaceful. That we live in a peaceful country. We have no attacks going on. It's something which is very very less now. And it used to happen earlier, but now it's a peaceful country. And that um, they have to, if I don't know, because a lot of people who come from abroad uh, have a, a problem of um, the food over here because we eat a lot of spice and they don't. So um, they also have to, I think, manage the food um, business. But if someone is is uh, traveling a lot, then uh, that specific person will be used to the fact that you cannot get the food of your choice because you have been not eating spice all your life and you suddenly have to eat a spicy rice or you know you have to eat spicy chicken so a person who has been traveling all across the world will not find this an issue but a person who wants to come to pakistan and has not been traveling will find this an issue zenith what's next for you as a rider the next for me is um india because i really want to go to india and i've already surprised a lot of people by saying that uh, I want to go on a world motorcycle tour, but for people in Pakistan to say that I'm going to India is even more surprising because uh, obviously it's something like um, there has been uh, this idea that, you know, Pakistani are not welcome in India, but I don't think that's true because a lot of Indians have invited me over there. And I want to go and experience the Indian lifestyle, even though it's very much common to the Pakistan lifestyle. But uh, India has a lot of monuments and a lot of... Um, heritage history, cultural history, which is why I want to go over there now. The next stop is India and Tibet and Nepal. Zenith, you have a great outlook on life, and you certainly are doing great things with motorcycling in Pakistan. Thank you very much for coming on to Adventure Rider Radio, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me on Adventure Rider Radio. I've been speaking with Zenith Earfan, and you can find out more about Zenith and her travels by visiting our website, www.adventureriderradio.com. Go to the show notes for this episode, and you'll find a link in there to her Facebook page, which is what she posts all the photos of her trips on. She's got some great information there, and you'll want to follow what Zenith is up to. We're going to have her back on the show later on uh, when she's on her next adventure, possibly while she's on her next adventure. So listen uh, and stick around for more of that coming up. Now, don't forget when you're out there looking for parts or accessories, don't forget who brings this episode of Adventure Rider Radio to you, Best Rest Products, and Max BMW, and The Good Adventure Company. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter too at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. And Best Rest Products, home of Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. You know, when you're on the road, or off the road for that matter, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system and can fill a flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA and with a five-year warranty. Check it out at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Hi, this is Zenith Irfan, and I am the first Pakistani girl to do 3,000 kilometers in Pakistan, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it because it was great fun making this one. And we are still on the road, by the way, in case you're wondering about Adventure Rider Radio status. We haven't been real great about uh, posting things, but that'll come. Give us time. We're sort of getting into the rhythm of the travel thing. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. But of course, before you do, drop by our website, send us a comment, hit us up on Facebook for a comment. Follow us on Twitter. We're at ADV Rider Radio on Twitter. And of course, if you Google us, Google Adventure Rider Radio, you're going to find it no matter what. And that's a good thing. 
Let's hear about your adventures or your ideas for people who are on adventures or things to cover on the show. Drop us a line. Doesn't matter whether you drop by the website and click on the comment button or whether you contact us through social media. And if you like what we're doing here, please, and we need it, drop by the website, click on the donate button and send us a donation. That makes our day. Adventure Rider Radio is made possible through Canoe West Media and special thanks to our wonderful co-producer, Elizabeth Martin, who does so much work behind the scenes, you'd have no idea. If you've got a product or company you want to get on the show, don't hesitate to contact us. Drop by our website, www.adventureriderradio.com and uh, click on the button there that will put you in contact with us. And don't forget that all our episodes are available for free. Drop by the website and listen to them all. Enjoy. Go on, get out there and ride your bike. You're looking in the venture on the radio. Try it again. Uh, you're looking in the venture on the radio. I'll say Adventure Rider Radio. Oh, Adventure Riding Radio. Adventure Rider Radio. Oh, Adventure Riding Radio. Adventure Rider Radio. Adventure Riding Radio. Very good.